This podcast is brought to you by Learn Prime. Start your journey to becoming a great developer at learn.thoughtbot.com. It's a pilot. <laughs> Remember the first episode of Friends? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> intro music <laughs> hey everybody i'm mark adams and i'm gordon fontenot and this is build phase so mark you're super tall why don't you uh tell me more than just that yes yeah, so my name is mark as you mentioned and i am tall i live in san francisco working out of our san francisco office here i'm originally from the a- la area i started writing code as a teenager in high school i think as most of us Started, right, Gordon? Correct. Uh, PHP content management systems is what I cut my teeth on. And I will never go back to PHP ever again. Uh, in 2008, after I got my first iPhone, I started playing with the iPhone OS SDK and did some independent development here and there. Wasn't too serious about it. Got really serious about getting into this and making it a career in uh, about 2010. And I joined ThoughtBot late last year. In a prior life, I worked for eight years at the Disneyland Resort, which was a wonderful experience. So why, why Objective-C? Just because of the iPhone or because of, uh, do you like something about the language? Uh, it was definitely because of the iPhone at first, but I've come around on the language. I love its elegant verbosity. <laughs> and there's a bunch of Rubyists outside that are probably shooting me evil glares right now. But no, I, I enjoy that. Verbosity in Objective C is like encouraged. I love ridiculously long method names. Yeah, I think you have to. Yeah, because <laughs> you're working inside Coco. You got to try to compete. Right. <laughs> right. I think there actually is. They know. Do you? I don't remember which one it is. Do you know what the longest method name is? For a while, I, I think it was automatically forwards appearance and rotation callbacks yeah. on UI view controller, but they split that out into two different methods. So Gordon. Yes. My friend, tell me about film editing. Film editing. Uh, So I did film editing for six years before bailing, I guess is a good word for it, and and coming here to ThoughtBot. I moved to Boston because I, from Texas, which is where I'm natively from, uh, I moved to Boston in 2006 to go to school for film editing. How'd you get into programming? So uh, after the iPhone came out, I, I was I kind of was late coming to the iPhone. Like my brother-in-law gave me his old one or something, and um, I was super annoyed that there wasn't like a a, a a specific app that I was looking for. I was like drunk in a bar. And I was ranting about this app not being available. And one of my buddies was like, well, why don't I, I had done some development stuff before. Um, like when I was in high school, I did a little bit, but kind of fell out of it. And then, uh, I screwed around with like Ruby and Python and made a ridiculously complex Apple script that I sold to the company that I was working for. Uh, and so, so I was I was complaining about this app not existing on the iPhone, and my buddy was like, "Well, why don't you make it?" And I was like, drunk and belligerent, so I was like, "Yeah, why don't I make it? That's a great idea." And then the next morning, I woke up and I was like, "No, really, I could probably actually just do that." And so, 
started teaching myself Objective C and um, building an iPhone app. And so now I have an app with a lot of really crappy code in it that I'm constantly working on making better. And I'm working here. That's the best way to learn. What do you like about the platform? Uh, kind of same stuff as you. I really do like the verbosity. It's super weird, and I don't think Rubyists get it, <laughs> right? Um, but I, I really do like the verbosity of the language. I like that you can be super explicit, and I like that there's this whole code as documentation thing in Ruby too, but I think it's even easier to do that in Objective-C because you can just have methods that spell out exactly what the expected types are, even without the you know, having to cast the, the arguments. You can have method names that say exactly what the types are and exactly what the return value is going to be. So you can just like look at a method name and you know what it's going to do, what it takes, and what it returns. I love that. It's just like one thing I just don't have to think about. Yeah, completely agree. And as our, our level of Objective-C writing approaches, you know, standard English, right. it becomes really easy to see potential refactorings. Right, right. Because it, it's like soon your method names just don't make sense in this context. And right. that's an indicator that maybe this doesn't belong here. It, it also, there was something about it, because like the programming languages I, I, I had messed around with before were kind of silly. Or I was doing silly things with them, right? And so for me, moving to to the iPhone, like building a thing that was like standalone application that I could just like, after I got all the provisioning stuff worked out, I could just like hit a button and have it run on my iPhone. That like blew my mind, right? And so it's like this instant gratification. Well, semi-instant. Again, there's like the provisioning stuff in between there between the writing and the running. But um this is kind of like instant gratification of being able to like push a button and then it's there on this real world world device and I can touch it and I can play with it and I can manipulate it. And that's kind of amazing to do. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, uh, code smells, code smells. So one that, uh, a smell that I've been kind of been like, toying with right like i'm not entirely sure if i'm convinced that it's a it's it's actually a smell but i think it i think it probably is is the number of imports you have at the top of your implementation file right like you open a class and it's got 15 20 imports up at the top like maybe not categories like if you're importing a bunch of categories that's like a totally different smell like maybe you're relying too much on hacking the framework but it directly shows how many uh, classes you're interacting with, right? And if you're interacting with just like a crap ton of classes, it's probably not a good sign. Yeah, your class is like a god class at that point if it has its feelers in every other object in the app. Where do you start trimming that down? Um, probably try to look for single responsibility stuff, right? Try to see, like you're saying, like with the god class, try to find places where the method name doesn't make sense with the name of the object, right? Kind of basic. Mm. stuff where you're going like uh why does person need to know how to print i, I mean i'd probably start there right and just start abstracting or extracting um extracting classes from that i think it gets hard in controllers i think controllers are especially view controllers they tend to be the ones that you're just like holy crap this thing knows about like every freaking cell in the system it knows about all these different data source objects it knows about view controllers on either side of it it knows about subviews and there's not much there's not no, much no, you no, can no. do yeah i think sometimes right that's but that's why it's a 
that's why it's a smell, and that's why I'm not entirely convinced that it's actually a smell. Like, because I think sometimes, like in view controllers specifically, you do need to import a bunch of stuff. One of the other things related to that that I, I uh, I've been thinking about is that that uh, precompiled headers hide that smell pretty easily, right? You just start throwing crap into a, into the the PCH file. Yes. And all of a sudden you're like, hey, I'm importing like one thing in each in each uh, each class. And you're like, no, you're importing everything in each class into every into class. every class. <laughs> right. Am I off base on that though? Like, do you think that? Do you would you consider that? Like, if you open a class and it's got a bunch of headers imported, would you? immediately consider that a smell or would you think that it's probably necessary for the class if it's a view controller especially your root view controller i wouldn't be too surprised if there are a large number of imports in that class you can extract into other controllers but you're really just kind of spreading it around like there has to be some point of your application that's like the linchpin right and it, it it's going to know a lot about the objects around it so in the case of view controllers, no, I don't think that would be a huge red flag. If I start seeing that in like models right. and views, then yes, that's a smell. And on the topic of just dumping code in places, the biggest smell for me, the first thing I do when opening an application is look at the app delegate. Yeah, always. If, and I've seen this before, if your app delegate is 2,000 lines long, I can unequivocally say right. you're doing it wrong. No room for discussion. So what kind of stuff do you limit the app delegate to in your code, right? you just just the app delegate methods or because i know like like we've talked before about pulling the core data crap out which they throw in the template throws in the app delegate yeah another example of app of apple and enforcing bad habits i mean for simplicity and getting people up and running it's fine but all of your core data boilerplate really needs to be in its own manager right um in the app delegate i just focus on the bare minimum to get my first view controller up on screen yep and the bare minimum required to respond to application lifecycle events. Right. So ju- essentially a small amount of setup in did finish launching. And then, you know, the will resign active, did resign active, you know, will enter foreground, that kind of crap. Right? Yeah. I, I think it ends up being a dumping ground just because it's kind of like a natural singleton that you get for free. Yep. With every app? Yeah, so everyone attaches crap onto it. I think, doesn't like Facebook's SDK advise holding on to their thing, their session objects, because it needs to be, that's a singleton too, and so all singletons end up getting attached to the app delegates just so you can do UI application, shared application dot delegate. I think that was the case, but recently there was a new version of the SDK that changed a lot of that. They've done some extracting themselves, and they have objects that are specifically designed to respond to application lifecycle events. And I mean, for instance, if you go to authenticate with the Facebook SDK and you don't have a Facebook account configured in settings Mm -hmm. or you do not have the Facebook app, you have to go to Safari to sign in. And so handling that callback is something that's handled internally by Facebook. Right. And the amount of code needed in the app delegate is actually pretty minimal now. Right. But having said that, I would never recommend to anyone using the Facebook SDK. <laughs> I kid, I kid. <laughs> kind of. Did you just use the uh, built-in iOS 6 level stuff? Or? 
Yes. If that's an option, just go with the native integration with Facebook and don't deal with Facebook SDK. <laughs> so what about um, like talking about lifecycle events? So do all lifecycle events go in the app delegate? Or is it – because I, I, and I brought this up the other day, but we also didn't talk about this um, – Objects that do need to know that kind of stuff, right? So do I do I throw like if I have a if I have like a application session class, right? That kind of manages some state about the current application session, and it needs to know the last active date, right? So like it's a there's like a pin lock or whatever. Um, so this doesn't have to do with the app session. App session. Oh, I guess it does. Um, so I have an I have a application session. There's a pin lock thing going on. So the application session needs to track when it was last closed, right? So mm-hmm. it needs to know basically uh, did enter background, right? It needs to know that. Do you call the app? Do you set that property or call a method on the app session from within the app delegate? Or do you just register for that notification inside the app session itself and let the app session manage it? Definitely register for the notification. Really? Yes. I think that the initialization of your app session object should happen in the application delegate. Right. But beyond that, if it needs to know about something changing in the application, it's that object's responsibility to make sure it gets notified about it Yeah. and not necessarily the responsibility of the application to let this object know that something has happened. So then what kind of stuff ends up being left in the app delegate? So my two concerns with that, are spreading that lifecycle stuff around. So in order to know what hap- like in order to know what's going to happen when the user hits the home button, I either have to just know what classes do what things on will enter background or did enter background. I either just have to know that because I wrote it or I have to search for that notification, right? And if you're spreading that much stuff around, is that a smell maybe that your your too many classes care about the state of the application? No, I, I would say that that's not a smell and that the inverse is that in your case, the application now knows too much about objects that are like a couple levels removed. Right. But Let's but, consider an application that uses your location. Yeah. And you have some view controller that's nested down in some nav stack somewhere. And when the application becomes active, it should try to update your location to update the UI. Are you saying that you would prefer to send that message down somehow from the app delegate in like a mess in a method like application will enter foreground? I just don't know. I I, I, re- I really don't know. I, I'm I'm completely torn on it. Right. So like like I'm refactoring this thing, and the old implementation is to do essentially exactly that. Right. There's an app set. There's an application session class, and it needs to know <clears throat> when what the last time the application was active right right and so it you know you send a message from the app delegate you just set it's it's setting like a property it's setting like a last active date property on the application session mm-hmm. um so in refactoring it i was like well i don't need to do that i can just register for the notification inside the app session and it can handle that i feel like it's probably kind of a weird sin or a specific scenario because like yeah of course an application session cl- object is going to need to know the state of the application right but like right. at what like how many things realistically should need to know about the state of your application only a handful right 
I'd say the application delegate methods themselves are really for responding to lifecycle events and then modifying the application object in some way. If you need to set up a background task, yeah. that should happen there. But in my example of a view controller that updates your location, and that view controller's entire job is getting your current location and displaying it on the screen. And I don't think the application delegate has any business being a part of that. Right. That's all. <laughs> and, you know, the application delegate trying to send messages down to other parts of the application, that just seems like feature envy. Yes, totally. No, no, yeah, I, I agree 100%. Like I said, it's a, it's a very specific example because it's an application session, right? Like that's, Correct. And it's right. a singleton. It's going to be a singleton. It's a, there's only going to, you're not going to have two application sessions running at the same time. So it's super easy to pass objects to it because it is a singleton. But Well, actually, does it does it need to be a singleton? If it's a property of your delegate, you can almost already guarantee that there's only ever going to be one. Yeah. Uh, you need to access it through classes, specific okay. classes. Right. So it's, it's not a singleton because I need to ensure that there's only going to be one. It's a singleton because otherwise we're digging through the app delegate to get it, and that feels off. Yeah, then I, then I think in that case... It works. Yeah. So I actually, I actually do think that an overuse of the public interface is a smell, right? Like dumping too much stuff in the, into the header. I think that's definitely a smell, but I don't think it's necessarily a smell that your code is wrong. I actually think it's a smell. I think you're testing wrong. Maybe not wrong. Wrong is probably too, wor- too strong a word, right? But like if you're pushing a bunch of stuff into the public header, then you're thinking about your objects wrong. Right. If you're not testing and your interfaces are bloated, what is that indicative of? Not having a clear idea. Well, it's, it's indicative of one of two things. It's either that you don't really understand public versus private interfaces and you don't get that like, not having everything public is an option. Or it's indicative of you're not entirely sure what your object is supposed to be doing and how you should be interacting with it. Right? Yeah. Well, I think on the topic of private interfaces, when you see too many views in a view controller's private interface, that's kind of a smell, views, right? Too many views in their private interface? In the private interface? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you mean like I they mean, should be wrapped up into a centralized view object? Like a So like if you have if you have like three views and six labels, maybe that's just like one view subclass that right? That's what you're saying, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that we should be more ruthless about nesting our views and creating hierarchies creating of them yeah. with, with, with very logical public interfaces to populate them. Yeah, no, I agree with that, yeah. Um, yeah, like if you're interacting with your sub-views regularly, then that could probably be wrapped up. Yeah, I think that there's always potential to look at some subset of your view controller's view. And typically, parts of it are going to be interrelated. And that's a good chance to bundle those up under some view with uh, a very simple interface for populating them. And that, that just lends itself to better organization of the project anyway. All right, so that's going to wrap it up uh, here for the first episode. If you want to see show notes, 
you can go to thoughtbot.com slash build phase slash one. If you have any questions, comments, uh, feedback on the show, drop us a line at buildphase at thoughtbot.com or hit us up on Twitter, just at thoughtbot.